Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trav. And this is Jonathan. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of finding out the last and greatest mysteries of the Fringe Path and so much more. The topic for tonight uh, is uh, Dream Worlds. You know, uh, and uh, we have talked about quite a bit about virtual realities. And things yeah. like that before. As a matter of fact, is that we highly recommend that you uh, go back to uh, episode forty-eight and forty-nine, and we're in episode like six seventy-eight here <laughs> when we talked about virtual worlds and it, it blicks and John, yeah. you know, uh, and John Ryer, and of course you. You were, uh, uh, Trav, you were all on, you know, and uh, with me. Uh, J.P. Haley, I think, was still on at that point, too. Not on those episodes. Okay, so it was just me, you, John, and Blix. Okay. Right. Uh, Like I said, on those particular episodes. So, uh, and we talked a lot about, you know, first of all, what, you know, what is a virtual reality? How can you tell it's a virtual reality? And things like that. We're not talking about virtual realities this time, okay? It's it's a... uh, you know, it's a nuanced thing, okay? But what we're saying here is a dream world uh, is actually a, a, not a, a virtual reality, a real reality, but it is, in, it is somehow created through, you know, various mystical or uh, psychic-type stuff. Okay, so, you know, versus a virtual reality that could simply be, you know, you're logged into a computer system. Okay, or, uh, you know, uh, and that was primarily the the main difference between the two was that most virtual realities were essentially you going into some, you know, you know, mind machine or whatever like that, you know, that it could actually be, you know, somebody controlling your mind, but... You know, that actually brings us more toward when we talk about these dream worlds. Now, uh, as I said, we have uh, uh, a lot of information here. So uh, the first thing we wanted, I, I wanted to use as some references is uh, some dream worlds that you have probably experienced as far as watching them. And, you know, it's important to, you know, to use these things because there was a time when I was growing up and it was a joke. And they said, uh, uh, describe, uh, uh, you know, uh, describe reality. Give four examples, as in like four different realities. And at the time, it was supposed to be a joke. Say, ha ha ha! There's only one reality. You know, you can't do that. And then things like computer games came out, where people were literally designing entire worlds that you could see with your eyes and you could interact with through a computer system and you, and, and they had, you know, and I say different uh, rules, I mean different, you know, like laws of physics and things like that. So uh, it suddenly 
the idea of having multiple realities became much easier to con conceive and and work with and even expand upon. So, uh, so the idea of dream worlds, however, has always been you know a kind of a uh, I want to say more nebulous, you know. Uh, but it's 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 always been uh, something that still kind of falls away from that more uh, defined reality of like an alternate reality, a virtual reality, yeah. you know that that you might find in a computer system or something like that. But anyways, um, so we have some references, some some examples that, and these are the ones that I caught, I thought up off the top of my head, and I'm sure you guys have some more. So. Um, uh, uh, Jonathan, you know, you've been quiet. What are some reference, <laughs> uh, some examples of uh, of of dreams, dreamscapes, or dream dream worlds? Uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is Inception. Okay, and um, how did, how did Inception? How was Inception a dream world? Uh, it, they were literally going into people's dreams to dig for information. Dream hacking. Yeah, I. How, I how did they do admit, that? Well, I freely admit, I have not seen the movie. I just know the basic bare bones. Oh, dog. <laughs> it's on my list to catch up on, but yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Everybody everybody who has heard of this movie has undoubtedly heard that it's about going into people's dreams and digging for information and, and manipulating people. Right. Well, it's going into somebody's mind and someone is creating a reality in their mind, a, a dream, a, a, a waking dream that they, uh, that they can interact with. And of course, they, there were lots of rules to that in, in, in Inception. You had to be real careful because if you, uh, if you didn't make it palp, uh, acceptable, palpable to the dreamer, then the, the dream would change and become hostile to you. And, ah. it could, and it could even get really bad where like things started folding and stuff like that, like what we saw in um, uh, All the trailers. <laughs> no, no, uh, I was uh, in um, uh, Stephen Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, oh, yeah, uh, Doctor, yeah. Strange, you know, Doctor Strange. You uh, know, the original where you know they would go into this other realm, you know, and and things were folding and stuff like that. So that that was a lot. They they basically pioneered it in Inception. And, and went and did that. So you basically, the idea was is that you had a person who was acting as the host for the dream and then, you know, and they had them wired up uh, and uh, and using, you know, high-tech stuff. And then these other, and one person was, was the dream maker, you know, the, the architect of the dream. And then everybody else was in there helping them, trying to achieve whatever aim, whatever thing they were trying to do. And usually, you know, in the case of Inception, they were trying to get a certain piece of information from them that they, they would normally not give out. So, they, you know, that was, that was the, the, the you know, that's the spoiler for Inception. There's a lot, it's a, it's a very complicated film. So, uh, and uh, also about bringing people who were not part of the whole Inception thing into the, the group. And, and making them part of the team. So, yeah. All right, so that's the Inception. Uh, Travis, you got one? Oh, God. I mean, there's there's so many to choose from. I would choose The Matrix because 
technically with those jacks in the back of the head, if you remember the, the background of the Matrix, as the machine started, you know, picking apart humans to find, you know, ultimately their power source and everything, they picked apart human anatomy entirely, including the brain. And basically, the matrix that, you know, they were all living in is a dream state. They're all plugged in and they're asleep. And when you get, you know, released and you become like part of the crew of the Nebuchadnezzar or whatever, and you go to Zion, when you jack back in, it's basically when that jack kicks in, you close your eyes, you're asleep again and you're back in the matrix. So, yeah, I would consider the matrix to be a fantastic dream state movie. Okay, franchise, because there's now been four of them, plus a couple of video games and the Animatrix. And yeah, the first thing I think of for a dream-based movie is, excuse me, the Matrix movies. Okay, and and of course, one of the important things about the Matrix was is that they needed to keep the, the dreamers quiescent because they're supposed to just lay there and be batteries. Yes. They, there's no purpose to humanity other than that. They're not... You know, they're not uh, designing like, you know, cutting edge software or things like that. The, 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 the machine intelligence is so far ahead of them. You know, humans are basically children in, in comparison to that. And so, you know, yeah, so they wanted to keep them quiet, which is why when they didn't set the matrix up properly, you know, the, the dreamers rebelled and... And they they end up having to redo it, you know, completely. So six uh, times, yeah. yeah. Was it six times they had to do it? Okay, well, I believe I think something like that. Yeah, I know for sure they said we. He said, said we lost entire harvests. So that tells you it happened more than once before they yeah. finally figured out that the the that the world that humans liked the best was this unhappy, slightly unhappy world in the late twentieth century. Yeah, that was the premise for the movie. So yeah. Okay, and all I'm, you, all I'm hearing now is the voice of the architect. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and, yeah. and this is a case where you literally have millions, possibly billions, of minds all connected together in this uh, gigantic, uh, you know, what is shared a shared reality. Well, it's yeah. a virtual reality. Yeah, yeah. And so but it's it's the humans are in a dream state experiencing it because the machines. Right. But is it bridge. but is it a dreamscape because are you know are they just because they're really just passive right well still i would describe it as a dreamscape because again when the machines were there hacking apart and it it's in the animatrix you see when the the origin of you know the zero one nation and they had humans there and they got the little probes touching various parts of the brain you know they found the part of the brain that inhibits dreams, and they just made a technological device to activate the dream state, the, the mechanisms that cause us to dream, and just hook the humans up to that and say, yeah, we'll keep their minds busy and we'll just milk them for power. And literally when they died, they just liquefied them and fed them to the next generation that they creche grew. So yeah, it's a technologically induced dream state. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's my take on it. Again, Bruce, we we've disagreed on occasion on certain hey, things, but okay. Yeah. But we're we are trying to make a distinction between the two, so that's why I'm yes. raising the question. Okay. Um, I would, you know, to, to me, um, of course, the the 
the first experience I had with this that seemed like it was exactly what we were talking about was the uh, Dreamscape. I think it was Dennis Quaid uh, and uh, Kate, um, Kate Kate Capshaw. Kate Capshaw. Yeah. Willie uh, Scott from Temple. Uh, yeah, Temple of Doom. Yep. Right. Yeah, right. And in that one, uh, the main character uh, was a psychic. And uh, and he had the ability to see slightly into the future. He also had the ability to go into people's uh, dreams uh, and and mess around, you know. And he found out that there was a big project trying to do more in that. They they're actually trying to use. Uh, uh, you were supposed to go into people's dreams for the purpose of helping people uh, who are dreaming get past their issues. You know, it's a sort of a you know, assisted psychotherapy. Uh, okay. And and because when you're in people's dreams, you know they're they're not going to lie to you. You know, they're they're going to be honest because they're you know they're in their own their own head, so to speak, and. Uh, so the person who's asleep, the, the, the host, is, in, is mostly in control of the dream until you start, until he would start saying things like, well, why don't we do this? Or why don't we do that? You know, and, 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 and they were like, oh. And then the dream would change uh, to accommodate this new information, this new motivation that was being supplied by the the person who was going into the dream, okay. The uh, uh, and and in the movie, of course, there is some people that want to use uh, these dream uh, uh, travelers as uh, psychic assassins. Basically, you, you want to be able to go into somebody's dream, kill them. Because if you kill them in the dream, then their body dies. You know, they have a heart attack. And nobody's going to know the difference. You know, so you're the ultimate assassin. You leave no evidence of your crime. So, uh, and uh, enduring it, you know, uh, he, uh, he finds out that, you know, the, the more experiences you have, the more you can actually change, you know, the... Uh, the, the the world the the dream you can you know uh, you can alter it in exceptional ways like you can create hordes of zombies uh, which is easy to do because the person who's dreaming is having a dreaming about a post-apocalyptic nuclear nightmare uh, and uh, and so you just add in some zombies add in you know people you know other people and uh, you know start changing your own bodily form and 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 be and have weapons coming out of your hands arms and and who knows what else okay and, and so if you are in the so in the dream you become you know as one person said you become a god because now you you can essentially force this person who's the host to create the world in which you what you know you want to happen and and actually do things to that host uh, which could be very bad for them you know uh, so that was and to me that that was like the ultimate going into a dream world now you know not all examples were like this some of them were very very nice he literally had a had a romantic dalliance with Kate Capshaw's character uh, because she had basically fallen asleep at her desk and he walked into the room and saw her like that and said, oh, let's tiptoe into her dream and see what's what. And 
you know, <laughs> and, and, and uh, at, at the end of it, she basically said, well, obviously I wanted that to happen, but you were very, very bad about doing it without permission. So, you know, <laughs> she brought, raised the consent, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, cause there's no safe word. In, in in when you go into people's dreams, <laughs> yeah, you can't yell Armageddon and go, and you get barred. No, no, right, um, right. No, but um, yeah, I totally forgot about Dreamscape. I don't think I've seen that one. I heard about it, but I never got around to watching. I remember seeing it when I was a little kid. But it's excellent. It. It's it, it's it stood up. It stood the time. Yeah, has great actors in it. Max von Sinew. Uh, it has uh, uh, Christopher Plummer. Oh, uh, it has this one guy who I don't remember his name, but he was the he was the bad guy, you know, and and you know, yeah. So I'm just saying it's it's a it was kind of an all star cast, you know. So and they did a very they did a very good job of it, yeah. All right, uh, uh, Jonathan, you got another one? Um, well, if we're talking about dreams and and killing people, the 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 one that definitely comes to mind is all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, right? All the Freddies. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, you know, uh, and this is very much like Dreamscape because Freddy could, could basically, could, he could control your dream. Yeah, he could make you dream things you don't want to be dreaming. Yeah. Yeah. Like monsters and, well, How, yeah. how is this different than, let's say, Dreamscape? Uh, well, because Freddy wasn't alive. He was a spirit. Presumably, a, or a demon, depending on which movies, you know, how far into the series you go. But yeah, he was, yeah. he was the essentially the ghost of a a serial killer. All right, uh, but as far as you know, the experience was okay. You know, yes, he, you know, it was. What I'm trying to get to was, is it, it, uh, you know, in the first one, you had to be like had psychic powers in order to get into the dream. Okay, you know, uh, in Dreamscape, you know, these two guys that basically had psychic powers and were able to do this, uh, and they ended up warring in one poor guy, the president, the, the president's mind. Okay, but in the Freddy movies, okay, he was able to bring in anybody. It seemed like he could bring in anybody who'd fallen asleep. Mm, yeah. Okay, so everybody was vulnerable, and it was easy to be brought in. All you literally had to do was fall asleep. Yeah, because I think in Dreamscape there was like you did have they did have to be like within proximity of the dreamer. Yeah, like within a certain proximity, they couldn't like enter the dreams of someone halfway across the world. While Freddy could apparently, at least in the first few movies, could only enter the dreams of people on Elm Street. He couldn't. He also couldn't go far away, but it it, it seemed like he had a little bit wider proximity he could reach as long as you were on this street. He or you know, I guess the immediately surrounding neighborhood he could get you, but yeah, in Dreamscape, I remember. I think I remember. I want to say I remember one scene where he had to be like one floor below the the president or whoever he was trying to. to That's dream what of. they did. They put him like one floor below. Yeah. Yeah. Like same building, same room, just like ten, twenty feet below. Yeah, not very far away. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and you say that Freddie, he was still he was relatively close, but yeah, he was a quite a certain distance further. It was in the later movies, I think he, he anywhere in the town he could go for you. Well, I remember there was one one of the the the, the movie they did in three D where he hitched a ride on his daughter 
in order to get off of Elm Street and get access to new victims. I think was the plot of that. Like yeah. the new beginning. <laughs> uh, I can't. Remember. It was like it was Nightmare on Elm Street six, I believe. Yeah, yeah. It was the one that was supposed to finally put the death nail. Actually, I think it really did. It put the death nail on Freddy. Okay, until they they did the remake later on. Uh, they did two remakes. First remake was um, uh, uh, Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, uh, yeah, yeah. where he was very demonic kind of thing. And then they did the the second one, which was uh, uh, really a, a, a remake of the first. Yeah, and uh, I think that was the one with the guy who played Rorschach in the Watchmen movie. Yes. Jack e. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Jack, yeah. yeah, right. Yes, it was. Yeah, uh, and and you know I I'm I gotta say that I've seen this guy as an actor since he was a teenager. Oh yeah, and he's a child actor. Yeah, he he started off that way, but definitely not now. Oh no. <laughs> uh, as I said, folks, but excellent, super. I mean, I'm surprised the guy has not gotten a uh, Oscar by now. Yeah, no. But. Yeah, that's the only way I know him from is he played Rorschach in Zack Snyder's Watchmen movie. Right, and he's played quite a few other yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, bad guys or semi-bad guys. You know, uh, the TV in the TV series uh, Human Shield, he played the uh, the guy's buddy who was kind of a uh, sniper. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, doing a really good job of it. <laughs> so, all right. Um, okay. But see, you know, and and this was like, you know, you know, it brought in the idea that you, even though you were brought into the dream and you're just regular people, that you, if you could conceive of a change, you could change the the the, the dreamscape, okay, the dream world, and allow you to gain powers to fight back against Freddy. The problem was Freddy was was much better than almost, but with yeah. numbers. With numbers, it seemed you know at least in four the you know the, uh, uh, you know Dream Warriors that uh, you'd be able to uh, actually beat Freddy at his own game in his own realm, you know. So it brought it, it brought up the idea that maybe you know it wasn't just a slasher film where you know we were just hoping to wake up or get out of town or whatever it is you know uh, or Freddy just finally killed somebody that he really wanted to, and and it would be, uh, um, you know, and and of course they, they they what they did in in the, in the rest of the of the film series was is that they said if everybody forgets who Freddy is, then Freddy can't exist, and that's ah. you know, and that was the way it was until they did Jason uh, uh, versus Freddy. That was the premise of that movie. Oh, okay. oh yeah, right. Yeah. So okay, but the point was is that even regular regular people in a dream world, just like in the Matrix, okay. Once you understand the nature of the world that you're in, you can actually start changing things. You can hack the hell out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and it comes down to you know will. It comes down to uh, imagination. Imagination. Uh, some of it comes, and by will, I mean you know just just being able to believe the impossible. But it also means that if you get if you don't let yourself get intimidated, because a lot of them you know failed because the 
Freddy just scared the hell out of them, and they just said, yeah. "No, no, don't kill me, Mister Monster." Lost concentration. And, yeah. and the monster yeah. killed them. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, okay, all right. So, uh, do you have any more traps? Oh no, we forgot one, and just folks, this is about as old school dreamscape as you can get. I'll give you a clue. Annie M, Annie M, it's a twister. That's right. L. Frank Baum's The Wizard of Oz with Judy Garland. That's old school dreamscape as you can get because that whole thing in Oz. No spoiler alert, the movie was from 1939. Dorothy wakes up and yeah, it was all a dream. So yeah. First she wakes up and it is a dream. And then she oh, yeah, but I mean, the whole thing had been a dream where she, yeah. And still, that's about as old school as far as dreamscape media as you can get. It just, yeah, and... Yeah, it just, there's nothing else can be said. If you, that, it's the, it would probably be considered an archetype if you want to do research into dream, using dreamscapes for your games. Yeah, yeah. It's even better when you hook up Dark Side of the Moon, the album, and play it alongside. It all works out, but that's another thing. Um, was there anything <laughs> about The Wizard of Oz that was different than these other dream uh, dream worlds we've talked about? That Really cool shoes. <laughs> no, what what's the meme that you always see? It's basically two women fighting over a cool pair of shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, but it just... Fanciful landscapes and yeah, just it. It's sort of the less is more. It's just a fanciful landscape, weird creatures, weird people in it. Um, and and it seems that you know the 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 Wicked Witch of the West sort of had. Well, I wouldn't say. Excuse me. Ooh, I wouldn't say she had control. Is just. It's not like. And I and now because of Wicked, I forget the actual name of the Wicked Witch of the West. I but don't think she had one in the in the officially, but not, not in the film, since no, Wicked has come out in the musical Wicked, Eth which is a Ethaba. prequel to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, Ethaba. Um But yeah, just I don't think like, the the Wicked Witch of the West had any control over it. It's been a while. I mean, it used to come on every Easter on CBS, so that was a thing we'd watch every year. And just yeah, yeah. so you know, she had control over her monkeys. And she had spells that she could cast. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like she could sit there and, you know, manipulate the dreamscape itself. Oh, I'm going to, with a wave of my hand, I'm going to turn this tree into a, a monster. Or I'm going to, yeah, yeah. It, it, she couldn't manipulate the dreams. She was the big bad in all of it. Right. But yeah, she wasn't actively tweaking the scape like... The machines in the Matrix or right. Freddy, yeah, yeah. The basically, she the the rules of of, of that world she had to follow. Yeah, and yes, she had power, but her power was was starkly limited. You yes. know, she couldn't she couldn't force uh, 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 she she couldn't force Dorothy to give up the shoes. She yeah. tried to grab them and 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 she shocked. got shocked. Yeah. Right, you know, so she had to. As a matter of fact, is that she never would have had any more interaction uh, until they decide decide to grab her and carry her off to the castle with the um, uh, the flying monkeys, uh, except that uh, the the uh, the Glenda 
tells you she has to go to the <laughs> she has to go and confront the wicked witch. So from the very beginning, all the agency is all Dorothy's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. else is reacting to everything that she does. You know, it's literally like a video game where nobody's actually doing anything when you're not there. She picks up companions along the way. Right. Completes and, a and fetch quest for the, the, yeah. the yeah. wizard. No, nobody yeah. else has come along and, and found that oil can and and, and helped that poor, uh, you know, that, that, that poor wood, tin woodsman. Okay. And uh, it, it's just, you know, uh, she has all the agency. She has all, all the control. So, you know, everyone knows that she's the most important person, you know, in the realm. And Well, yeah. And, I mean, when she woke up, we realized it was her dream. So, yeah. 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 Well, um, but it doesn't have to be. Like I said, in, oh, a yeah, lot, in, yeah. in a lot of these things, the person who's actually the dreamer is not important. Other things are happening in the dream. Yeah. Okay. Um, real quick, fun fact about that movie. The I, I know Ray Bolger played the Scarecrow, but I forget the actor who ended up playing the Tin Woodsman. The Tin Woodsman was supposed to be in a, another faint. Well, we knew him much later in a much different role. The Tin Woodsman was supposed to be Buddy Epson, as in Jed Clampett from the Beverly Hillbillies. He had to drop out because he was allergic to the makeup that they used for the mm-hmm. tin Yeah. He was seriously having a bad reaction. He said, okay, you're out. Get the understudy, and the rest is history. I, I, As I said, I know Ray Bolger played the Scarecrow. I forget who played the Lion and the Woodsman, but the Woodsman was supposed to be Buddy Epson. Mm-hmm. So, it's yeah. True. So just a little fun fact there, just throwing out there. Yeah. Okay. So, and, and of course... Her wearing the ruby slippers was pretty much that was her badge of you know uh, of she's the most important person here. Yeah. You know, when she goes to the, you know, I mean she goes to the, uh, uh, you know, the Emerald City, and everybody. I mean, once they establish the fact that she's Dorothy, he's like, "Well, come on in," <laughs> and 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 everybody just falls over themselves to go and cater to everything that she needs until she finally goes in and talks to the wizard, who basically gives yeah. her the, jo- gives her the job of the man behind the curtain, yeah. right? Who gives her the job of going in and, and and eliminating, you know, the the only other witch in the kingdom because once already been smashed by her house. Yeah, it's really weird because, yeah, you're looking and looking at it now, of course, one in retrospect, the movie's been out since 1939. And I found out that was a remake. Actually, it was a silent film, like maybe 15 years before. I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But looking back now and as a gamer with 35 years, oh, my God, the whole thing is a and d game. It's a damn it's a damn fetch quest. And it just now totally reshapes the book. <laughs> yeah. And then and then, of course, the final resolution is an accident. Yeah, yeah. Meaning that it was always going to happen that way. Oh, I'm melting, I'm melting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, and she says, what a world, what a world. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) What a crazy world. So, yeah, it made, you know, because ultimately, since it is her dream, Dorothy has to succeed. Or, I mean, nothing can really bad happen to her because, you know, she's... You know, unlike these other ones where you've got people who can kill you, you know, uh, in this one, she pretty much 
there was never any sense that she could die. I right. mean, she, we yeah. thought she could die, but ultimately, at the mm -hmm. end, she, you know, Glinda says, you could always go home. You always had the ability to go home. It's been with you all along. Yeah. She's got to wake up. Yeah. And, and uh, which, which has brought some other bees where she says, so let me get this straight. Okay. I could have gone home at any time. You could have told me this when I, I first met you in the Emerald City. But instead, you sent me out on this really dangerous journey. Okay. That you apparently were too, too weak to do yourself. You know, I'm just this 16-year-old farm girl. <laughs> You're willing to sacrifice me to get some, some, you know, counting coup on your, you know, on on another to witch. Beat up your sister, yeah, yeah. yeah as it turns in original, out, in the original story, she's supposed to be only like 12 or 13. Like, well, yeah, if, they just if you watch like the Return to Oz and things like that, they've got yeah. a girl who's literally 12 carrying a duck. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. or is it a chicken? I forget. I think it's a chicken. Yeah. Well, um, okay. and of course, yeah, I found out later that like the whole story was an allegory about the silver and gold markets. I'm just like, well, okay, that just really my childhood. No fun in that movie anymore. Thanks yeah. a lot. I, I I would ignore people who say things like that. <laughs> yeah, just but I I heard this. I'm like, well, yeah, again, my childhood's now in therapy. Thanks a lot. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, no, as far as dreamscapes go, that that's the OG as far as just dreamscape in a in a form of media. Right. Now I don't call of anything earlier than that. You know, a book obviously, but as far as something visual, yeah, that's that's the trendsetter. So Okay. Uh now I wanted to uh for me, uh there was a book series of two books by Graham uh Graham Matherson, uh called Dream Warriors. Uh, and then there was an, uh, what the first one was called dream warriors and the second one was called dream something else. I can't remember. Uh, but anyways, it was about regular people that got recruited by this angelic being who was not exactly angelic. I mean, angelic in the sense of super powerful, but, uh, not, you know, was perfectly willing to uh, turn itself into a voluptuous woman to seduce you into joining the team. So, you know, how angelic is that? I don't know. <laughs> so, but anyways, the point here was is that there were people who were the biological descendants of ancient dream warriors. And apparently, for reasons that I've forgotten, there was an outbreak of demonic spirits into our world and they were they were basically uh, uh, they were literally producing more of their kind and they were trying to take over and so what they had to do was is that uh, these dream warriors uh, they uh, would would be empowered by this angelic creature and then they would be then they would be able to exhibit certain superpowers okay one guy was basically like the battery he kept powering them up whenever they ran out of power somebody else had this big gun that they were able to fire energy bolts okay uh somebody else had the ability to to move like the flash and so forth and what they would do is is that they would uh find somebody who was being infested by one of these demons and then they would go in they would go into their mind and they would fight the demon in their mind, okay, and if they could destroy it, 
then the 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 demon manifestation would disappear and they would move on until they were all gone. So uh, so not only did this you know so they're they're fighting in the person's mind in the dreams that the person brings up. Usually it's whatever dream they were thinking about. I mean usually they're not good dreams because uh, people generally you know. It was real easy to go into nightmares. And the demons, of course, are encouraging them. They're, they're, they're basically cerebral parasites. Uh, are, 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 you know, encouraging them to have horrible dreams. So when they, as soon as they go inside, they're fighting for their lives. They're fighting the spawn of the demon. They're fighting um, all the people or entities that the dreamer has created uh, to, uh, you know, to defend itself. Thinking that it's in danger, and it's not, you know, uh, and then so you can finally fight your way to the demon's lair, and then attack it and destroy it. Uh, sometimes they died, and when they died in the dream, they died. Okay, but mostly they were able to succeed, uh, and uh, and the idea was that, but their powers didn't actually exhibit until they went into the dream. So they were just regular people, and then when they went into the dream, suddenly, you know, they have weird glowy armor like Tron, and they got all this weird stuff going on with, you know, with the powers and stuff, and it was very um, surreal, okay? Well, it's kind of like the Matrix with the digital self-image. You see yourself differently when you enter the, that state. So yeah, it, it's it seems to be a convention among dream states that you appear differently in the dream that you would in real okay. life. Well, they so didn't do that in the Matrix. I'm, I'm not, uh, nor did they do it that way in. Um, well, slightly different in the Matrix. They were more I idealized, yeah. but in Inception, like also. But in this case, the major change. You know, they were going. They were basically a fighting force, and they didn't even know what they were going to look like until they were actually in the dream. Uh, so it was very. Uh, so you know, we here we have a group of people who have been empowered by another being to go into a dream and fight another entity in that dream. Okay, with the reality of the dream being somewhat shaped. Uh, by the person who's who's the host, but also uh, uh, manipulated by the demon uh, that was in there. They didn't have any power to do that. They basically literally fought their way through whatever got thrown at them until they got their way to the demon and then destroyed it. So that 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 dreamscape was, you know, uh, the reality in there was they brought their abilities with them. And they didn't have any power, any abilities beyond that. So that that uh, that was a series of two books. So the you know, and that that was uh, one of my more favorite uh, uh, dream realms. Okay, uh, and, uh, Jonathan, you got another one? Um, I see this on, on here, and I, I'm thinking, yeah, although it kind of does double duty, but uh, the movie What Dreams May Come, Robin oh, Williams. Oh, God, Robin Williams, Cuba Gooding Jr., wonderful yeah. movie. Just it, it's more afterlife, but it is a very much a dream-like afterlife where, you know, the idea being that the afterlife is whatever you 
whatever you think it will be or whatever you perceive it to be it's it's all just a liminal space and and in that in in that movie okay uh, could anybody besides himself you know i mean he's actively shaping this world anybody else can can change it think to a limited degree they could I, I've, I've actually never seen this movie though i know about it it's uh i i think because i think i remember you know there being bits and pieces where um his guide who was being played by cooper gooding jr um made small alterations to his dream robin williams dreams while he was in it like he i don't think he, we saw him do massive like landscape changes I, it's been a while since I've seen it, so I can't remember for sure. But I, I want to yeah, say, yeah, it's been eight. Do small things, but if I, if I understand correctly, the whole point of the movie is for Robin Williams to come to uh, acceptance of his own new reality. That all this dreamscaping that he was doing was to make to you know was to comfort himself. And you know the big and the biggest issue of the whole thing was the fact is that there was something that was missing from his his uh, his heaven that he could not create himself, or he couldn't create it and and have it be what he needed it to be, and and that was his deceased wife, right? I believe so. Yeah. Well, at the at the start, he died before her, but then yeah. He, yeah, a lot, he, a lot of a lot of time was spent with him just adjusting, and then kind of revisiting Earth and seeing the events that played out without him and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, it, it, finding a way to to get his wife into his little portion of the afterlife was a plot point towards right, the end. Right. Okay. So in the beginning, he basically is just you know planning for this future where at some point she's going to join him. With probably not any consideration that she, her afterlife might be entirely incompatible, because <laughs> who knows what you know? Mm -hmm. Do we really know mm -hmm. each other? You know, is is what she really wants in afterlife? You know, does it include him? Because he certainly thought that he needed her, right? Yeah. yeah. For someone who hasn't watched the movie, you think I had, right? <laughs> but. Yeah. You were close, except for for one key. Oh detail, well, I'm so. <laughs> sure you're right. Like I said, I haven't seen it. Okay, but I don't but want this, to spoil it. But because in it this case, of, he yeah. has absolute control over the dream. Right? He can change his reality to whatever he wants. I think it's just a matter, like we mentioned earlier, of of will, of 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 imagining and visualizing that change. I think because yeah, at the start he's very clumsy, very. You know, not very good at creating his own dreamscape, but then as the movie progresses, he does get better and better. And so it's like anybody who has psychic powers in the X Men; they start off basically terrible, and then they, yeah, eventually yeah. they get to you know, uh, you know, world class. You know, he's, he's got to learn to flex his right. imagination. Okay, yeah, Travis, uh, 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 Travis. Oh God, let's see. Um... Well, I mean, I do have a role-playing supplement which does dreams wonderfully, but um, the concept that the Australian indigenous people, the Aborigines, as the dream time, their collective consciousness, and it's among them, and um, 
from what I'd always seen, it was kind of they would talk to animals and it would be like the animal archetype. Like we need to talk to the kangaroo and this kangaroo would appear. Of course, it'd be talking and everything, but it would be the archetype of all kangaroos ever. And just the dream time. It, it, it I mean, obviously, if you do it like in a role playing game, they're going to be like dream manipulators and they can manipulate dream stuff and all that. But yeah, the Australian Aboriginal, I guess, philosophy. I don't know if it'd be a religion, but yeah, what they collectively call the dream time. Was it like the Black Panther? Um, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I would think. Because yeah, you know, he goes and takes the infusion, and then he's in this place where he's being all of his ancestors. Yeah, I, I would say that would be a good example for modern day i mean yeah i mean you tweak the the australian aborigine mythos as opposed to the african tribal um mythological pantheon type thing but yeah i would think that that's the same general idea yeah because in dreams it it the dream time it also stretches throughout all time the far fast, the distant future. If you go in the dream time, supposedly you can visit your ancestors, see your descendants. Yeah, the dream time, it just, it's all encompassing. Encompassing time is not an issue. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts, is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license, no commercial reproduction, and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. You can listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on DementiaRadio.org. Also, the Professor and I are each now on Twitch. For me, it's twitch.tv slash trav31369, Mondays, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern with campaign notes. The Professor is at twitch.tv slash Professor Pixie. Please check her page for time and date.